Okay, bucking over episode 45, entering today, daily overs 20, 25, and 3, season win total at 21 out of 65, game 3, Pirates-Dodgers, Quintana versus Mitch White, this game was a three-ring circus, I'll get more into that, but Castro again misses another sign, unbelievable, and Brian Reynolds, he's all the way back, all the way back. The Pirates bring the brooms. I hope they did. Getting into this episode of the Bucket Over. just seemed there was a stretch for about four innings where this was a high wire act and it was tense it was exciting it got Greg Brown so worked up he blurted out zip zip kazoo well I'm gonna follow Greg Brown's lead zip zip kazoo let's get into the recap top of the first Hay singles Reynolds walks Van Meter singles that scores Hayes one nothing. Again, first inning runs for the Buckos right out of the gate, putting pressure on these Dodgers. Love to see it. Top of the second, the big highlight, Yu Chang put a ball into play, flat out to right field. Nice play by Mookie, but it's good to see Yu Chang at least put the ball into play. Bottom of the third, Pilar doubles. Betts reaches first uh, as Pilar is thrown out at third because... Betts grounds out to short. They turn and throw the ball to third. Pilar got aggressive. Betts gets on first, but Pilar's out at third. <clears throat> Bottom of the fourth. Kind of begins this stretch of high wire acts. Trey Turner doubles, and then Justin Turner singles. Chris Taylor singles. That scores Trey Turner 1-1. Alberto grounds into a double play. So you get a double play, you get out of the inning. Top of the fifth, Hayes walks, Reynolds, home run, because he's all the way back, baby. Eighth home run on the year, 3-1 Buckos. They come right back and answer. Love it. Bottom of the fifth, Pilar walks, Gavin Lux doubles, Mookie singles to third base, and Pilar, he tweaked an oblique or something because he did not charge home, kind of just limped back to third. Freeman grounds out, but does score Pilar 3-2. They bring Chase DeYoung in, strikes out Trey Turner, Justin Turner pops out. So again, work out of a jam because you had, you know, bases loaded, you get the ground out, then you have first and second, still one out, a strikeout pop out, just what you want. Come back to the bottom of the sixth, Rodolfo Castro comes in for Van Meter who injured his wrist, I believe, um, looked like on a throw, his non-throwing wrist kind of looks like he tweaked something. Chris Taylor walks, Alberto grounds out to first, but then Taylor kept running to third. He ground he grounded to the left side over at third base. So Taylor keeps running to third, Hayes to Chavis, Chavis back to Hayes, Taylor gets thrown out at third. Circus. Barnes singles, 
Dylan Peters comes in, strikes out uh, Cody Bellinger. Bottom of the seventh, Gavin Lux walks. Betts singles, advances to second because they try to throw Lux out at third. So now you have second and third, no outs. Freeman grounds out. They bring in Chris Stratton. Trey Turner flies out to Brian Reynolds, who then guns down Gavin Lux at home. Keeps the game at 3-2. Another situation where this game could be tied, but they work out of it. Nice throw by Brian right on the plate. And a great block of the home plate by Heineman, who's been playing very well defensively. And I think he's going to get the majority of the starts going forward because he's out playing Perez. Dodgers couldn't challenge whether or not he had a lane because they blew their challenge earlier on the uh, throw. I believe it was the throw to third that got uh, Taylor thrown out on that weird play. So we get out of the inning. Top of the eighth. What do you do when you get out of a high-stress situation? You come right at him. Chavis doubles. Castro, given the sign to bunt, tries to bunt, but there's a couple balls thrown, a couple strikes thrown, misses the bunt. And apparently was supposed to bunt again, missed the bunt sign, turns on one inside, turn and burn, home run, and that was a no-doubter, majestic shot. Only thing that was in doubt was if it was going to be fair or foul. Hits his first home run of the year, 5-2 bucks. Top of the ninth, Marcano lays down a bunt single, then steals second. I mean, the kid's out there playing baseball. It's so awesome to see. Hayes grounds out, gets Marcano to third. Chavis singles off of third baseman Rios. Marcano scores, so 6-2. Chavis then steals second. Rodolfo Castro singles. That scores Reynolds and Chavis because uh, they intentionally walked Brian Reynolds. I missed that part. Intentionally walked Brian Reynolds. Castro comes in, singles. That scores Reynolds and Chavis. 8-2. That's the bucking over. No hook today, baby. Eight and a half. Can take a hike. We got the bucking over. Bottom of the ninth. Anthony Bandin. Luck singles. Mookie Betts continues his tear. 16th home run of the year. Eight to four. But that's your final. Raise the Jolly Roger. Bucking over hits. Break out the brooms. It's a sweep in Chavez Ravine. The first sweep for the Pirates in LA since September 4th through the 6th in the year 2000. You're going to get a lot of where were you in 2000. I was finishing up 8th grade going into high school in the year 2000. And now, here I am, doing a podcast for the Pirates. How great life is. Pirates finished the season 5-1 five and, five and one against the Dodgers. Go figure. You know, you struggle against teams like the Reds and the Brewers. The Dodgers, no problem. With their payroll, whatever. Was reminded of this the other day. Go back to 2020. This team, the Pirates, 19-41. and 41. Shortened year. Kind of a weird year, so it is what it is. But 19 wins. 41 losses. Already surpassing that. So let's go to 2021. Game 49 last year, 18-31. and 31. They didn't get win 22 until game 56. And they're already at 22 wins. So there is improvement being shown. Yes, there are outlier games where they get the doors blown off of them. And it looks like they're having errors all over the field. But in general, overall, this team is improving little by little. 
it's kind of encouraging, especially when they've been bringing, you know, starting in your lineup, five rookies. It's encouraging to see these kids come together, play baseball, you know, get gritty, get dirty, work their way out of these situations that they get themselves into. It's fun to watch. Speaking of fun to watch, Brian Reynolds all the way back. Some idiot podcaster, I won't name names, me, <laughs> said you should rest him these last two games just to give him you know, a break to see if he could figure it out. I, what do I know? Dude's swinging a hot bat, playing outfield. He's fielding, he's throwing, he's batting. The calendar flips over to June. Needed some California warm weather, some California air. Could be a very productive month for Reynolds. Watch out for him this this month. He's on my fantasy team. I'm looking forward to it. One thing I thought was interesting, too, Castro comes in for Van Meter, and Castro is more, in my opinion, is more natural position of a second baseman and gets his first home run, smacks singles, makes good plays out in the field, and he's all over the place laughing and, you know, having a good time being loose. And that had me thinking or wondering, they had him starting it short, and if he's not as comfortable, maybe that takes away some of your focus, some of your attention. You're thinking about, okay, shortstop, you know, I'm not really used to it. So when he's at the plate chasing, striking out, you know, not getting good contact, it feels me that part of his part of his thought process is there. And he's a professional, so I don't think that, you know, holds a lot of water. But, you know, putting him at second base, starts hitting the ball. It's his more natural position. He feels more comfortable there, more loose. Overall, though, these young bucks, they're so fun to watch. Marcano, Castro, Castillo, Sawinski, not tonight, but this series. Cal Mitchell, can't forget about him. It seems like a good blend of personalities and talent. You know, you have the more outgoing, flamboyant Castro. You have the quiet, you know, Sawinski, Mitchell, kind of just going about your business. Hayes, you know, Reynolds. Seems like you could have a good mix of, you know, you. not to mention O'Neill Cruz again, but, you know, O'Neill Cruz has that outgoing personality as well. When he comes up, it's, it doesn't seem like there's going to be too many... I don't know what you call them, not alphas, but too many same personalities that maybe would butt heads. It seems like it could be a good mix of it, and that's very exciting for me. <clears throat> Yu Chang 0 for 3, two strikeouts. I'm now officially on the Yu Chang watch to get a hit. I want to know when it's going to happen. I don't even know if it will happen. He might get DFA'd before he gets a hit. We'll see. I do know. And this came across my Twitter feed right before I went on to record. Is uh, ESPN Sports Center put his face on? I tweeted this out. Pirates sweep the Dodgers in LA for the first time since 2000. And they got Chris Taylor and Yu Chang as your two faces of the teams. So, I mean, that's just ESPN being ESPN. They don't know what the hell's going on. Just throw a pirate player on there. Who cares? Haven't even gotten into the pitching. Quintana. Yeah, he worked into some trouble. 
Kept the damage to a minimum, though, which was the theme of the series. Mitch Keller did it yesterday. It was a bend but don't break. Contain the Dodgers lineup. They're going to get hits. Work out of it. Get outs. Get out of the inning. Come back the next inning. Battle again. Quintana continues to be steady and reliable. You can count on him every five days, and it's awesome. What a pickup that has been so far. First two months of the season. The bullpen, like I said, did a good job. Tight roped their way out of situations. The circus analogy felt like they were on a high wire act the whole way with no net under them, and they were just working their way out of it. It was so exciting. I mean, stressful, but it was exciting when they got out of it. They bend. They didn't break. They held the Dodgers all series, you know, minimal runs. And I think that's what you do. That's how you beat a team like the Dodgers. They get their hits, but then you play defense, good defense, double plays, you know, take advantage of their base running mistakes, get them out. Move on to the next inning. Great series by the Pirates. Very great series. Great road trip. I mean, they could have they could have went five and one if it wasn't for you know a couple weird plays. But they go four and two, and that's more than you could have hoped for with a series against two of the best teams in the league this so far this year. But that was May. It's June first. And uh, with it being June 1st, let's take a look at my division winners bet so far and see how they're doing. I've got two teams, Minnesota and L.A., that are actually leading the division. Minnesota's five games up, and the Dodgers are three games up. Then you have St. Louis two games back of Milwaukee. Toronto, five games back. The Angels five and a half games back. And the Phillies 12 and a half games back. Now, it's only June. We have time. These divisions are not decided yet. There's a lot of baseball to be played. But I don't know how many close races we're going to have this year. It feels like the division winners have announced themselves already, especially like Houston in the West, the Yankees in the East. Feels like we have our division winners pretty much locked in, the Mets in the East of the NL East. But like I said, injuries happen. A lot of things can change. It's only June. We're going to get that $8,000. Looking around the league for just today, Cubs beat the Brewers, like I said last podcast. Bad teams sometimes beat good teams two games in a row. It's always something you have to pay attention to. Cubs beat the Brewers two in a row. Bad teams do well against good teams when you don't think they're going to win. Much like the Pirates, who were plus 200 money line every single game if you would have took a $10 bet and bet the Pirates every single game you'd be up 150 bucks. if you doubled down sorry if you bet the first one took all that winnings bet the second one 150 bucks. Marlins scored 26 runs in a doubleheader and split the series they won 14-1 to in the first game and then lost 12-13 to the second game Marlins man Tweeted out that home run that guy hit. Jesus Sanchez. Massive home run. Marlon's putting some putting some runs on the board. 
they're pretty close too to uh, turning the corner. Should be interesting to see. Okay, 16 minutes in. Let's then wrap this up. Daily overs 21, 25, and 3. Season win total now up to 22 out of 65. We are cruising right now. Day off tomorrow. We got Friday night at PNC. Game one Diamondbacks, Pirates. Diamondbacks, another team that people thought were dog water. And they're right there in the wild card hunt. Three games back. I think the Pirates are five games back in the wild card. So, you know, things happen. Teams surprise you. Merrill Kelly, JT Brubaker going for the uh, respective clubs. Kelly, 3 and 3 with a 3.67 ERA, 46 strike, 47 strikeout, excuse me, over 54 innings pitch, whip of 1.35. I would like for the what I would like to see for this weekend is the Pirates not to come down off that high and not do the Pirates thing and immediately Sweep a series against the Dodgers and then come back and just lay stinkers all weekend against the Diamondbacks. Keep the momentum going. Keep playing loose. Keep having fun. It's June now. Let's see some call-ups here come pretty soon. And let's let's round out this, you know, what you call it a bridge year, I guess, into the future. Looking, which is, by the way, looking very, very bright right this moment. Okay, go celebrate the sweep. We'll be back on Friday with Recap Game 1 on the bucket. Enjoying the Buckin' Over content? Be sure to follow me over at Twitter at Buckin' Over, TikTok at The Buckin' Over, and on YouTube, The Buckin' Over, to follow along with your buckos all year long.